Okay. So I just have a question because I've had, just in my experience in the last year covering politics, and then questions that I get from listeners, people calling the station, or they want to know these things, and they somehow think I know, which people think I work for the administration and I'm best friends with Peggy Flanagan now, and they want me to call her directly and get help for them, which is strange. (laughs) But anyway, um, with the executive powers of Governor Walls and then the Republicans um, and many people being against that kind of a system during a pandemic, um, people are asking me, how does it happen? Is is the governor truly not inviting Republicans to the table? I actually asked the governor this, and I asked Paul Gazelka this, and they both said the other was lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that they, you know, Governor Wallace says no, he's been he's been invited, but he doesn't want to come. He doesn't want to have these conversations. Gazelka says no, I'm not involved or invited to this. Um, so I guess this is how do people. People are really frustrated. You know, they, I mean, the questions I get from listeners are, how can I talk to my friends about this? They want the answers. Like they want, they want to somehow provide this to the people that they care about. But um, how, what do, how do we believe what either of them is saying? How do we move away from this kind of executive power um, situation? Let's set up a scenario where they're both right. Where, they're, where neither one is lying, because I actually think that's probably the most likely, where the governor has said, uh, I've done this executive order, I would like you to come and, and consult with me and talk to me about it. Um, but you know, you're not gonna be able to like question my authority to be able to do this. And Gazelle says, well, I, you know, for me to come to the table as, as a prerequisite, that's not okay. And my prerequisite is that you open up the economy before we come and sit down and talk. And so they both have, invited the other to the table on conditions that the other finds not to really be a true invitation. I think that's likely what has happened. I agree. So, yeah. 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 And so, you know, who's lying? They're both lying. Neither one's lying. You know, this is right. So I I, I feel like the the issue really comes down to uh, this tension we have with the economic mess that we 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 are in, but I think that we are um, we we have somewhat arrested, or, or I feel like we have the patient uh, as our like state economy and our national economy that's gone into like cardiac arrest, and we've been able to essentially like cryogenically freeze them for a while, and just like transport them to a place where we hope they can get better, aka like after the virus you know, has been resolved whatever way. And that somehow we're going to de-thaw them, uh, you know, defreeze them, like thaw them out and then like jumpstart them again and get them going. And I am very skeptical of that. Um, you know, and, and to me, that seems to be like the default plan is we, we just, we'll give out checks, we'll freeze things up, we'll kind of half measure things, muddle along and, and hope and, and I really think that uh, that is not, I don't think that's going to work. And I, I, I think the representative of a different point of view would be, I'll put the adjective on, thoughtful Republicans. I'm seeking thoughtful Republicans. Like I, I, I'm, I'll be very skeptical. Like I don't see many thoughtful Republicans 
uh, who are proposing like nuanced plans that would actually accomplish this stuff. I see a lot of businesses that are. I see a lot of chambers of commerce that are working on this. I don't see a lot of thoughtful Republican leaders that are doing this. But that's what's missing from the table right now is a strategy uh, to get beyond the bureaucratic government response to pandemic and actually incorporate the economic response, which is going to be the long-term lingering. I, not to discount the people who are suffering and dying and going through this, I don't at all, but I, I think you can, you can do two things at once, especially when both of them are urgent. Is it, Aaron, where, where am I, what am I missing here? Because I, I know the well, Walls I, people I, will say, you know, well, we're working on the economy, but it, they're they're taking measures that are within their scope of what they think is most important. Um, you know, I I think so. Early on, you have to kind of look at this. It's we're so fresh still. It's only been a year, and it's all still pretty fresh. I think historically, five ten years from now, you and I would be able to look back if we live, uh, and say. <laughs> <laughs> And say, uh, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We see kind of what happened. You and I might have a very lovely discussion about that that might be different than the one we're going to have right here. But looking back at the way this came out and whether you want to go up to the top and how President Trump reacted to it or down the line when, you know, when the impact of closing down everything in the national stay-at-home order, uh, when the first thing came where we all stayed home for a period of time. And that's when Governor Walls issued his first orders. Um, it immediately became a, a, a tale of two realities as to what was the most important problem here. Uh, I think looking around the world, the countries and places where things have gone a little better, the difference wasn't that um, the opposition just went along with everything the majority party wanted to do. It was more like everybody agreed about the problem and kind of worked out a solution from there. I think we had a, a and it wasn't just, it was, a, it's the way our system is. We just spent a whole hour talking about it in other contexts, but we had uh, two parties that didn't want to acknowledge the reality of the other party. I mean, I just remember thinking back from last March, uh, a, a woman we know who is not a liberal w wore a face mask in public and someone called her a, a liberal swear word of some kind, some kind of, and, and just because she was wearing a face mask because liberals wear face masks, true conservatives, good, good Americans don't. That dichotomy it got really, it's really difficult for, for, because Gazelka gets a reward from his base if he holds out and threatens to strip powers. He got to pick off some commissioners from, from walls. You know, he got to be the, you know, I'm the fighting the big, the big uh, uh, tyrant, the tyrant walls, which is the language you hear all over rural Minnesota right now. Um, and, and, um, so he, he, he's got every reason to not sit at that table and participate or to participate only from the point of view, the economic point of view, that, that his base will, 
or or his marginal voters who might vote for the Republican Party are gonna are gonna support him on. There's not a lot of team in here, and I'll include you know Governor Walls. I think started out doing all that he could with what he had, but now if he goes off of what he did in a temporary way, he knows that the Republican Senate leader Gazelka are going to scale back. They're going to have to because they spent all this time fighting them. They're going to have to if you put in, you say, okay, no more order, no more executive power. Legislature has to pass our next plan. House passes a plan that's pretty close to what Walls wants because they're Democrats. Senate Republicans come out with a plan that's maybe not a plan. Maybe it's all about the economics, it's tax cuts, it's Republican stuff that Republicans like. And uh, so then what goes to the governor? Nothing. Nothing happens. So then what? No stay-at-home orders. No bars are closed. Everything's open. Everything's back. What if there's a spike? That's not a spike. You call that a spike? You know, there, then the governor has to call the executive order again. And and he doesn't want to do that because he thinks he's saving lives doing it the way he is. Maybe he is. Time will tell. But that's the – it's this – this is where the twin realities – is affecting people's lives. And and um, I've talked to conservative people I know who understand the virus, at least to the degree any of us do, um, who understand and want people to live and thrive and do well. So it's not like people are, it's often called a death cult, I've heard. That's not really what I think is, is happening with the conservative side of the population. It's 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 this reality where okay maybe the disease isn't as bad or or maybe I know a guy who got it and is fine and so um, you know why would we worry about this thing in this way or we have all these economic effects but we could actually deal with them whether that's writing them checks or um, loans or something that would actually do something materially to help people who are suffering businesses who are suffering. Um, but, but doing that would increase the size of government. So we have ideological reasons not to support that. Um, this is what this is where this is why Walls and I. If I were him, I don't know what I would do differently. And I know that that's un, I'm going to be unpopular with a lot of people. It will be what he has to run on, what will be said about him, and run against him. And a Republican could win the next governor's election. They could win, and they if they do, it will be because they successfully say Walls. Um, abused the system and how he handled the pandemic. It, it will likely be Gazelka running against him. It, it, it's a very good chance. And so, and, 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 I, and that's the other reason why Gazelka is incentivized to do it exactly yeah, how he's doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and, and, because if, if the, the crazier Republican candidates and I, well, I'll, Mike Lindell is definitely crazy, but yeah, he's I think there. he's crazy. Yeah. Um, but like, if you can, if he runs out of oxygen and some of the other firebrands run out of oxygen, um, before the next Republican primary season, you go to look at probably Gazelka as being probably the main, you know, Kurt Doubt maybe, but Gazelka probably is your main guy who can run a fairly quote unquote normal Republican campaign against Governor Walls and maybe make a few legitimate cases from his point right. of view to be a successful candidate. Well, all that's a reason why, you know, you don't sit down and work on a solution to this, you leave it the way it is. And, you know, it, 
Uh, you talk to people and and even when you just, even the words COVID-19 and you say the words in certain crowds, someone will go, right. you believe that stuff? It's been a year and 500,000 people are going to die you know, soon enough from it. But some people still don't believe it. Or they don't believe it's important enough or that it's something about it is not right because of the two realities. And I don't know. I, I, I'm losing patience, Chuck. I'm just losing patience with having to live in what I, I read things. And I understand the conservative points of view. And I understand that if that's what people believe, that I can live and work in a society, I live in a conservative part of the state. Yeah. So I don't mind being around conservatives. I, I, I mind that people believe things that aren't true and, and then uh, judge objective reality through this weird lens. Uh, yeah. Maybe you might have no, some. I, I, I think there's a lot of experience. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of disbeliefs of of truth or convenient, uh, you know, omissions on on, on uh, amongst progressives too. But but to be, be yeah. fair, it it is interesting because I think if we go back to last March, I I remember saying this maybe here, but in, in many other places, if the policies of government Governor Walls are correct, uh, we won't know it. You know, like he won't get credit. The, the, the thing about a pandemic is if you forestall it, if you take the right actions mm-hmm. and, and you do things that work out correctly, you will get no credit and you will get only blame. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, the, the key, that's the part of the leadership problem of a pandemic. It's what makes a pandemic such a difficult thing to react to. You can go fight a war against a foreign enemy and you can totally screw up the whole time and like bumble your way into uh, a conflict and you'll still get credit for being presidential or having leadership or gravitas or what have you because you're sending troops off to, to fight. If, in a pandemic, if you are the most competent person and handle every single decision right, you will be roundly criticized because it will look like you overreacted and were, were ineffective. If you are ineffective, if you do everything wrong, uh, you still are going to, you know, you're going to get criticized. Like it's just not the the, the deck you want to be dealt mm-hmm. as, a, as a leader because there's no good way to navigate it. Yeah, d- I, doing I, it right and doing it wrong, the difference between how you're treated is pretty small. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the other thing, and I, I will say this in defense of Governor Walls, is that hindsight is twenty twenty, And so whatever critiques that I would have today, uh, most of them are not made in real time. And so, you know, I, I think second guessing, second guessing things up to now is, is a luxury that we have that I, I think history needs to take into account. That being said, let me throw out some some critiques because I, I do think that there are a few places here where we have, uh, I, I think, clearly not done what we said we would do or what we were intending to do. The, the earliest lockdowns were designed to buy us time. They were designed to buy us time, not because of a vaccine was imminent, because at that point we were talking about vaccines being perhaps years away. I mean, it's this miracle of mRNA technology that has produced what seems to be a workable vaccine, uh, albeit in, in, a, in, in a pace that we're still trying to, to, to speed up, uh, was not even thought of in terms of like the public realm back then. So what the governor was trying to do and what we were told is that we were trying to buy time so that the treatment options and the effectiveness, we could ramp up ICU capacity, we could ramp up basically the testing and the response. Uh, th- that never really happened. It happened to a degree. 
we clearly do more testing now. There's more market for testing. I don't know anyone who, like the early days, couldn't get tested. Now, today, if you need to get tested, you can. But we're still not to the point where we're doing real effective tracing. We're 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 kind of our system kind of got overwhelmed well, and it got they abandoned tracing largely. Yeah, capacity issues. Yeah, right. Um, we we also uh, have not really, to, to to my knowledge, and maybe there's a listener out there who can correct me, but it it doesn't seem like we really have taken the steps to increase our ICU capacity, uh, increase our capacity to to treat people who are infected. And so instead of uh, buying time so that we could get a better response, so that we could open up the economy and get things moving again, we bought time so that we could continue to buy time, so that we could revert back to buying time, so that we could buy time some more, so that maybe we can get a virus at some point. And, and that has not seemed to be like a real two-pronged strategy. It seems to be a one-pronged strategy based on, I think, progressive sensibilities. And that's where I think having, a, a, you know, a different voice at the table and having, a, a, you know, in a state of emergency, a state of crisis, uh, a, a more balanced approach between Democrats and Republicans, it, to me, th th we would have a different response, and I think there'd be less uh, partisan criticism. Not to say there wouldn't be partisan criticism, but I think what Walls has opened himself up to, and we'll see this two years from now in in the you know the campaign for governor if he runs for re-election, which I'm assuming he will, uh, is that he will be criticized for not doing this in a two-pronged way. That may be unfair. I, I realize that the dialogue has gotten away. There's. I was looking up while you were talking this quote from this book I've been reading that I thought was really good. Um, it said, uh, wearing a mask became, is talking about like what happened to the, our dialogue in the early days of this pandemic. Wearing a mask became a progressive conceit because it signaled respect for quote, science and government control. While not wearing a mask became a conservative conceit because it signaled rejection of the nanny state and the embrace of freedom. This division carried over into our broader debate on the lockdown, the reopening, and the public policy response. And I, I think right now, I, I, I'm agreeing with you in that it's really hard to see how the governor, the next six months, the next 12 months, the next 24 months, really does anything more productive because, and we can go back and blame Trump or we can blame whatever, the, the narrative has been so despoiled and, 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 and undermined and ruined that the dialogue is, is almost just... We need a truth and reconciliation commission yeah. now. I feel like it was in that first month and the the, the lines were drawn and, and very little changed even after that. I mean, you saw, yeah. I think when the numbers spiked up, you started to see, and, and, and when people could point to someone they know who got really sick or who passed away, then you could start to see like, whoa, I see now a little bit. And we were some of that, but politically, we set into these patterns very early on, just like that quote you just, I feel like that's very true. And um, and and very early on we did, um, you know, and, and sure, uh, are there a lot of smug maskers just like there's smug anti-maskers? Yes. Yeah. Um, so- we, We've not part, been very generous to each other. No, it. we have not. And, right. um, and I have, um, I've, because I've been through this. I've been involved in things where I'm around people with different points of view on this, and I got to decide. Well, what's my role in this? Because 
you know, my kids are in activities and I'm in activities and events and things. And, and, and what, what's, what do I do? And I've had to really consciously, and you know, like if you've ever done spiritual work on yourself, you got to consciously work on stuff. And I got to consciously say, I only control what I control. And I got to decide I have to control my actions. And, and I have to accept that if that person wants to wear a mask or if that person doesn't, um, I can only control what I interact with, you know, and that's been hard and it's, it, yeah, it's worn on, on me. Uh, and I think it's worn on a lot of people and frankly, other people, yeah. I think everybody's, whether side you're on, it's wearing on us. And, and I think that that is unfortunate. Um, I don't know what walls could have done differently. Uh, exactly. Um, I don't know what Gazelka could have done, honestly, given his circumstances differently, other than it would, I, be- I will say he couldn't have had some high-profile parties with a bunch of. Well, know, yeah, he could have not. That led to the death of, you of know, one of his caucus members. members. Other people. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that for as much criticism as I would have of Walls, I think it was Walls's responsibility to make this a bipartisan thing. And if it didn't work the first time, it should have gone back the second, and the third, and the fourth, and the yeah. fifth. It, it is clear that there has been a reckless disregard. And ever since that, I should say, I meant amongst more in the, Republicans. In the, yeah. yeah, in the earliest days, what could you know anyone have yeah. done differently? Um, yeah. Then it got to be, but when it got to be a political grandstanding thing, well, sure, yeah. Then the Republicans hold their parties because look at us, ha ha. ha. And then somebody dies. Well, oops, you know that wasn't on our. That was no one forced him to go to the party. Yeah, he had. A that was the line out of, and, yeah. and that's just that. That is what what I feel like you're seeing. You know is. Okay, I'm gonna say this and 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 send me the hate mail. That's fine, because uh, I'm I'm more I'm so critical right now of Republicans because I don't see leadership. I don't see people uh, stepping up with a vision and a plan. I just see critique, um, and I see hypocrisy really throughout the ranks. It, it, it I think it's I think it is very legitimate to critique walls, and to say walls should not have done A, B, C, and D. But where is the alternate plan? The alternate plan is just, we we reject this. We reject what he did. We reject what he's doing. What 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 is that? What is that? That's not a, that's a, that is an opposition, uh, but in a, in a system such as ours, that's not a representative opposition. It's just, it's more obstinance than it is, you know, founded opposition. And, and that's, I think what bothers me right now is that I think there's a place at, there should be a place at the table for an alternate set of values and priorities being asserted in a way that can be balanced with other values and priorities being asserted. And what we're getting, I feel like is uh, wacky on one side and kind of dug in and myopic on the other. And, and I don't like either of those. I respect what Walls has done, but I, I think that the situation called for something more and we just have been robbed of that opportunity. And I, I don't, I, I blame Republicans more for that than Walls. I blame them both. But uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because we've all suffered from it. Right, right. That lack of shared shared purpose is, is what's missing. I hope that we can, because we're, down the road with COVID, but whatever the next crazy thing in this world that happens, I keep well, hoping- this is not over. It's not over. And, and these new strains are really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very likely that we, I mean, I, I would say it's 
it, it's not unlikely. I don't know if I'd say very likely, but it's it's not outside of the realm of possibility that we would be in for another round of lockdowns, yeah. you know, based yeah. on the way we've been going with this. Well, my sister's in Italy and and the strains over there. And I understand they're locking they're, everything down over there. They're locking everything down. And the virologists over there are saying, it, you know, this, what'll happen is uh, because older people have been receiving the vaccine and and yes, more healthcare workers have as well, which is actually, the, the, the problem with ICUs wasn't just that the capacity wasn't enough. In many cases, it was ample, but the staffing wasn't adequate because right. the staff, staff was knocked out by their own COVID problems. Right, very true, good point. But um, but but the, the idea is that if the transmission gets so high, it's gonna to start to put more younger, healthier people into the ICUs just by numbers. There'll be a lot of people homesick who don't have to be hospitalized, a lot more people, but but those who get the sickest will end up in the hospital. And that's where our, our next burst might might happen because more people are getting it. Can I, can I make one last comment, Heidi? Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's one thing that's been really bothering me with the vaccine rollout. Um, and I, I, I get, I mean, I, I, I get how they've 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 tried to tier it and you know the most vulnerable populations first and so on and we're starting to get now down into you know uh, broader groups um, you know there are reports of okay well firefighters and ambulance drivers get it okay I get that but then like the the clerk uh, the filing clerk at the police department those things will happen like I'm not going to get all bent out of shape on that. But I'm telling you, if the people who work at the grocery store and the people who work at the gas station and the people who were the essential employees back when we said, the people who are on the lines at uh, Hormel Food cutting up chicken so that we actually have food on the shelves mm-hmm. that were forced to go to work in the early days of the lockdown, if they are not prioritized over everyone else, we have an immoral system, just a, a bankrupt immoral system. And I, I don't sense that there's anyone really pushing for that right now. And and I'm, okay, let's get all the teachers vaccinated, but then let's get the schools all opened. Like that should be like immediately like one, two punch. Um, you know, let's do that. But then let's get these people who were, who we were willing to throw to the, the wolves yeah. in the early days of this. If they're not if they're not next in line, then we're a screwed up society, like really screwed up. Well, think of all those people that are keeping everything going by delivering, you know, FedEx yeah. and mail carriers. And- I remember when it was scary when you were told to to yeah. take and wipe down all your food when right. it was delivered to your house. the The person who did that was was doing it in the unknown. Um, you know, the unknown early days where they did not know if they were going to die from delivering your freaking cocoa puffs, Yeah, you know, Be- like. Because they had no choice because they needed the money because there was yes. no way to fall yeah. back. For the, them, so. the thing that's driving me a little bit crazy now, and I try to figure out how not to be angry all the time is, especially the last two weeks is we're trying to report on, you know, this uh, vaccine for 65 and older, and they have these test sites. I don't think the state's been real clear about that these are pilot programs and they're trying to learn the best way to do this. And so, I mean, we are getting calls like crazy. And again, I think people think I work for this state. You know, I'm getting texts <laughs> while I'm on the air this it's morning. It's community radio. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so angry and it's the blame. Like Walls is screwing this up. Walls is screwing this up. And they're not thinking beyond our state. 
that nothing's right. going right anywhere else. Even uh, it drives me absolutely nuts about the restaurants and bars um, because they're, you know, once a, once a restaurant or a bar gets a fine, it's like crazy wildfire on social media that Walls has done this and Ellison and they are the devil. Here's what's happening. Their friends and neighbors are reporting them. Walls and Ellison are not driving around looking for bars and restaurants that were open at different times. Really? I saw Ellison out <laughs> checking. He, well, he, he is, can't he leave his devil. house he right is. now. He's got so many death threats against him. So he's yeah, not leaving it, it his is, house. I, you're, you're, you're right. And there is this tension and I know and I think people are, yeah. yeah. And I know it sounds super partisan, but I just am like, those are not the people to blame. We actually don't know. I mean, <laughs> this is a pandemic. It, we can't control this right now um, through through government any better than we're doing at the moment. There probably could be a lot better ways, but you know what right. I mean? I just, I can't, I can't handle my anger on this kind of subject. It, and it's so. brought out the worst in a lot of us, but yeah. I, I think a lot of the tattletailers are. I heard a story about someone who, uh, was visiting their parents. They live alone. Their parent lives alone. They would go visit their parent in an apartment building yeah. and someone called and reported them for having a gathering. Yeah. Th this stuff's got to stop. We well, and even, you know, we do this we, since the pandemic began. Every Friday, the lieutenant governor or a state official is on with us and it goes across the state. And we have people write in, um, especially as winter was coming, the snowbirds, you know, and very thoughtful people saying, hey, we have a place in Florida um, that no one else is at. We aren't seeing people here. Is it okay for us? You know, and then that left Lieutenant Governor in this spot of going, I want to tell you yes, but no, it is actually not safe. You know, and they wanted to ask this question, guess where that person is now in Florida at their place, even though they yeah. publicly asked about this. Um, yeah. It's just, it's a really... Well, uh, people are making their own choices. I'm okay with that. Um, but when they question why the regulations are there right now, mm -hmm. you know, that, that to me is different. Mm -hmm. Like you got to take your chances, what you need to do to be mentally healthy too. Cause it's, it's not easy. It, it's exposing all of the hypocrisy in our culture, in everything yes. and how yeah. we live our lives. <laughs> yeah. The bizarre nature of our modern lives are all exposed where all of our priorities are so mixed up. I, I, the yeah. CDC was out today and said um, two things. Were they were at your that, house? No, no. Okay. I'm reading a story. Oh, okay. Um, but they, they, they have found, and I think this bears out with my experiences both at the college and in local schools, that classrooms are not big vectors for transmitting the virus. Right. Especially when the proper methods are used, like distancing and masks especially. Actually remarkably safe. Probably we can reopen the school's sooner than we think. Um, but indoor athletics are a higher risk of transmission. Now, here's the question. Will our local population and the young parents and families that we all know, Chuck and I know, we're among them, um, will, will they tolerate a world where their kids can go to school, but they can't play hockey? No. <laughs> yeah, no. They won't. They will no, burn. It will burn down institutions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you thought the Capitol insurrection was bad? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I think there are people who would oh, be yeah. fine not sending their kid to school at all as right. long as they still play as hockey. As long as they can play it, right. I, <laughs> or, or basketball or whatever the sport is. My know. girls are in dance, and uh, yeah. I love the dance. I mean, it's funny because I, I mm -hmm. grew up with brothers. We had nothing to do with dance. I have grown to really love being a dance dad 
watching the girls dance, being part of that culture, part of the people there. I, I love them. They're very nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I question priorities a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it is... Uh, it is it is hard because these people are good people. They're oh yeah, people they care. Um, it's not like they're insensitive, but yeah. geez, I mean, I, I have the luxury of believing that my daughter's, uh, my oldest one is a sophomore. We'll have two more years in high school to dance without having to wear a mask and without having all these protocols, and where we'll be able to kind of have things normal. I, I, I'm, I'm, we're going through this season with that hope. Um, I can see why like the senior parents are very frustrated because their season got cut short last year and now Mm -hmm. it's getting screwed up this year. And, you know, I look back at my high school days and what do I remember? I remember being in band. I remember, you know, all these things that were very important parts of that experience of becoming uh, from adolescence to adulthood, that transition. And yeah, there's a lot of kids being robbed of that. And I'm empathetic to it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's such a... I think you were right, Aaron, when you when you said it's it's exposing a lot of hypocrisy. I, I think you know I will speak for myself. I feel like I've recognized it. I've tried to recognize it in myself first um, before I've I've pointed the fingers at others because there's certainly I think gut reactions and inclinations that I've had that I've I've had to push back on that aren't necessarily healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean this is why pandemics inflation episodes. There's a, there's a certain handful of like things that are internal to a country that just rip a place apart. Um, you know, if, if we were fighting against China right now in a shooting war, uh, we would all be happier, even though more people would be dying and everything would be worse um, because we'd actually have like a united enemy. A shared we're purpose. Fighting against. Yeah. yeah, a shared purpose. And the reality is, is now these things just slowly grind us down and make us hate each other and fight each other and see all the, you know. So let me let me let me end this by asking you, Heidi. Uh, speaking of controversy and us hating each other and getting, have you seen the uh, the new Wonder Woman movie? No. <laughs> which you know was supposedly I I, I heard nothing but bad reviews. Yeah, no. And I- then I've known two people who have gone and said it was awesome. So. Have you seen it? No, I mean, honest, it was a it was a one off for me. It's not the kind of movie I usually uh, watch. But I, when I saw that it was coming out, I thought of you, and I was like, I should probably watch this, and I just have not. But did you, you can watch it from home? Yes, I know, I know, and I even yeah. have that that channel that I could watch it on. And are you going to watch it? Your girls really liked it, right? Well, if I remember, Chloe, right? let me. Um, let, we're in the podcast version, so I can yes. say this. My girls love the original. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was very good. Um, the, <laughs> Chloe, the oldest one now, uh, has a a friend who is of a different gender uh, who has been doing things together uh, without parents, you know. So they went to the movies together a couple uh-huh. of weeks ago. They were the only two in the theater, which, you know, my wife was both happy and unhappy about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons, but they've been doing a lot Sounds of like a pretty up. good setup. Back yeah, there, like yeah. I'm a, I'm, oh, I remember boy. being a 16 year old guy. Oh. I'm like, oh, that worked for me. But um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm happy for her. But she went to Wonder Woman in the theater with okay. her friend, and you know, really said said it was fantastic. She really liked it. Ah, uh, so. well, I but, my heart goes out to you being a dad of uh, girls. It can't be the easiest thing in the world, there, Chuck. <laughs> I think it's different with boys, probably, isn't it, Aaron? 
I wouldn't know. Okay. Uh, my, mine haven't been near a girl in nine months. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, um, in theory, it was very scary. In reality, it's been very beautiful because, uh, you know, we've, you're, you're watching a kid uh, transition into adulthood. Yeah. And that means making a lot of your own decisions. Right. And, you know, sometimes they're not the best decisions, but I feel like it, it's, I, I'm, I think, if I look, if I went back to ten, Chuck of 10 years ago, I was terrified of this moment. Yeah. And I did things so that I would, she would be ready and I would be ready and we would be ready as a family. And I feel grateful that I did that because I'm, I'm less terrified right now. That's good. All right. And she's a good, they're good kids. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. Someday they'll meet Aaron's boys and then all hell will break loose. Oof. Like this will be. Wow. We're going to have, uh, you know, Brown and Marone on this show for, for the next, Oh you my know, gosh. The next 80 years. They'll just be successive generations of people oh. babbling about nothing. <laughs> well, I got one that would be good for that. And uh, maybe you do too. So. Oh, I do. Trust me. I, <laughs> we have a lot of opinions in my house. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Hey, you guys, I've missed you. This has been great. Thank you for... For taking yeah, time missed, today. Yeah, it's good to see you both. Missed you both. And